all of you again. Um, it's really great to see Kurt Orton because I've been here at least five times now and you have not been here. I have heard you're online though. So just want to point that out a little bit because I can and I have the microphone. Um, when we talk about alabaster, we talk about missions. Um, I'm over there nodding my head in agreement. But if you take a look at your back table here, I'm going to be NMI president here for a minute. Um, you guys built the Tomas Church of the Nazarene in Haiti in 2012. And that is actually, actually where we met you. Steve and I led your team on that trip. And just a quick little funny story. Um, I kept telling Kurt through email, it's really hot, be prepared. And he said, nah, we're from Texas, we got this. And there lies a man in the back of our people mover, sweating to death, licking salt out of the palm of his hand to try to, I don't know what you were doing, Kurt, but you were doing something because you were hot, right? So um, we could maybe say that it's sort of kind of Lantana and the Pettit's nine-year anniversary um, because we actually built that church with you guys back there. So um, just quick little little blip there. Um, you know, Pastor Cal said that we are, we are partners. Rescue Hill and Lantana are partners. Steve and I see it as Lantana has been a partner with us for nine years. Um, you guys have followed us from Haiti to Dominica. Um, the time that we were in Pampa, we would see you at district assemblies, different things. And now truly a partner of ours um, over in Arlington at Rescue Hill. I'm not sure if you guys know this, but your pastor is on our board of directors. And your pastor's wife, Sarisa, is one of our immigration specialists. Um, you know, we're getting immigration going. We're, we're moving along. We're doing a lot of things. Um, but when Pastor Cal says, hey, volunteer, give your time, you know, whatever that looks like for you, um, he's not just talking and promoting us. Him and Sarisa do it themselves. So they really are leading by example. So today is our um, one-year anniversary over at Rescue Hill. It was one year ago today that we launched. We had a big dedication service. Um, I will tell you that it is tough launching anything in the COVID world. So every time we would start to gain momentum, it would be like, wait a minute, we're going to shut back down. We're not, you know. But the reality is God is so much bigger than that. And we have learned a lot in a year. We've spent a lot of nights um, up at the building with girls. Um, we've done some advocacy. We've had huge success. Um, one of the most recent girls that I advocated for is in long-term care somewhere in the United States. And when I see that number pop up on my phone, man, joy comes to my heart. Um, when, I, when I hear her say, hey, Amanda, I'm doing good. That, to me, is victory. That one phone call to me makes it all worth it, all of the time, all of the energy, everything that we pour in, the prayer, the worship, everything we pour into Rescue Hill is worth it. Um, we have seen great success um, stories with our girls that have moved on to long-term care. Um, we've had some that we've just had for one day, but they've come in to our building hating God because of what's happened to them. And in 24 hours, they've left praising God for the hope that they have. And that's, that's what it's all about. Rescue Hill, it is all about hope. To us, 
It's not worth it if somebody comes into our building and they don't leave with renewed hope. That's who we are. That's what we do. We're, we're looking forward to the years to come. We're looking forward to immigration starting. We're looking forward to who God's going to bring us through that. We're looking forward to being literally on the front lines of anti-trafficking by helping people with their immigration status. We're looking forward to having more girls come in and do, do life with us. We're looking forward to launching our um, post-abortion support group. Uh, you know, Rescue Hill, we have said, there's other organizations that do really great things, 28 of them in the DFW area. Uh, we don't want to do what somebody else does well. Let's do what nobody's doing. And that's where we became the only emergency shelter dedicated to human trafficking victims in the DFW area. And we get calls regularly. Um, we are the only ones doing anti-trafficking. There's other immigration centers, but we're the only ones that are focused on this is anti-trafficking, both labor and sex. We are the only ones that are going to be doing a post-abortion support group. You know, we don't think about how the depth of an abortion, regardless of the circumstances or choice, how that is trauma. And so we say, let us walk with you in this. Let us be hope dealers. Let us breathe hope into you when you come into our presence and you come into our building. So it has been an amazing year. We have been blessed by God. Financially, we've been blessed by God. Um, he sees the need before we see the need. Um, we've bought plane tickets this year. We have bought hotel rooms. We've bought groceries. Um, We've collected a lot of donations and given out a lot of stuff, but really, truly, it's all about hope, and that's who we want to be. We want to be, we want to be hope dealers. So, um, I'm just going to give you guys a word today. Everybody, good with that? Uh, I told Steve on the way I'm going to be the funny Amanda, uh, not the serious Amanda. So, if I start to get really serious on you, I just need you guys to do this, okay? Um, hopefully you have hope when we leave here. Um, I loved it when I walked in this morning and I saw the hope because that is the word today is hope. Uh, there's a passage that just absolutely moves my heart and it's um, 1 Thessalonians 1. And we're going to read that, but I hope you guys don't mind, but I'm going to pull out some of my missionary stories today. So I have a propensity for feeling the need to help people all the time. And sometimes that gets me in some interesting situations, right? Steve's most famous, famous words to me are, what did you do? All the time, like, so, um, in Dominica, we, you know, we worked throughout the, the whole island. It's made up of nine volcanoes. We had six churches on the island. And there was this, um, resort place called Fort Young that had great pizza. Um, our family would go often. And uh, one day we were on our way uh, down there. We were taking the kids swimming. It was our day off. We were going to get pizza and swim. And, and we pull up. And as we pull up in front of uh, Fort Young, 
we see the security guard like boxing this guy out in front. So Steve, like, you know, we're in this little micro bus and you know, the steering wheel's on the opposite side and we drive on the opposite side of the road. And I don't know if you guys know what a micro bus is, but it's like a condensed version. Um, we would say maybe 10 Americans would fit in it. Dominica, that means 21 fit in it. Um, trust me, I've ridden in those. It's a little, little tight. You open the window and stick your head out, hoping to breathe. Um, so we pull up and literally we pull up into this situation and Steve looks at me and he says, stay in the car. I look at my kids and I said, stay in the car. And I jump out, Steve jumps out and we're, we're running interference between this really like this big, big dude, like this security big dude. And here's this small, homeless, intoxicated Dominican man with some dashing. Now, I don't know if anybody's familiar with dashing. Anybody know what dashing is? Okay, it's kind of, Kurt, it's kind of like a fruit vegetable thing that they eat in Dominica, right? And they're, they're kind of round. They're like big potatoes. Maybe you would think of them as coconuts. Anyways, this man's like, he's just trying to hold on to his dashing, and the security guard is boxing him, and, and Steve and I pull up on it, and we jump out, and here's our three kids in the back of the car, and their eyes are this big, and they're, they're staring at us, and, and um, the security guard's angry, and Steve is trying to just usher this man away to avoid a fight. Like, let me just usher him away. So Steve's, Steve's literally on his hands and knees under the back of the micro bus trying to grab the man's dashing that had fallen under there, trying to pull it out and, and um, just get the guy gone, right? Well, me, I'm going to take on that security guard because he's not being very nice. He's not being very Christ-like. Not sure if he knew Jesus at that point. I should go back and visit him. And uh, anyways, so he picks up this big rock, like a big rock, and he's big and he puts it over his head like this and he's getting ready to hit the man with this rock. Well, me and all of five feet of me go running behind him. I grab the rock, I throw it in the bushes and then I stand next to him like I didn't do anything. And he's, he's turning around and he's like getting ready to bash, I'm using Caribbean words here, bash the man. Um, my kids' eyes are huge. They're cracking up in the back. Steve's under the van. He's just trying to get the dashing. He comes out. He's looking around, and words to me are, what did you do? I was just trying to save the guy. I don't advocate for that. We all have common sense. Don't get yourself in trouble. But as Christians, we are called to be hope dealers. We are called to bring hope to this world. We are called to interfere. We are called to intervene. And again, I'm saying, use common sense. God gave us a brain in our heads for a reason, but it's who we're supposed to be. And if you guys haven't turned on the news lately and looked around, if you haven't seen what's happening in Afghanistan, if you haven't seen what's happening in Haiti, what's happening in Louisiana, the world looks pretty dark. Things are getting dark. And my heart grieved, literally, I feel like I mourned and I grieved just watching everything that was happening. 
And then I remembered, wait a second, man, God's light shines the brightest when it is the darkest. So let's go. Let's be like the Thessalonians. I'm going to read this to you. It's 1 Thessalonians 1. As I read this, my heart was moved because I was like, Lord, I want people to say that about me. I want people to say that about Lantana. It says, we always thank God for you. We thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God and our Father, your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you. He has chosen you. You are loved by him, and he has chosen you. Because our gospel came to you, not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it, for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turn to God from your idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from coming wrath. Amen. I want to be that. I want you to be that. I want Lantana to be known as that. I want everywhere that I go to hear about you and how you are imitators of God, how you bring hope into dark places because you are loved by God, you are chosen by God, and you're rescued by God. I don't think that there's anybody in this room who doesn't want to bring hope to somebody. If you do, let's have a conversation. If you don't, let's have a conversation afterwards. You can talk about your pastor. We want to bring hope, right? Is everybody in agreement? You guys are super quiet. I give you like freedom to move, to agree, to talk. Just don't leave. We want to bring hope. We want to bring hope to a hopeless world, right? We want to bring hope to a hopeless community. Here's the thing. And I, I have been in some pretty hopeless situations. I will say there's a situation in, in Steve and I's life that feels hopeless often. And we have to, we have to remember who gives us the hope. We got to fight through it. But we can't be that hope if we don't have that hope. We can't be that light to the world if we don't have 
the light of the world. We can't be Jesus in the community if he's not living inside of us. Now the word rescue is kind of one of those hot button words in our anti-trafficking movement. Um, it's not always a good word because when we use the word rescue, sometimes we get that what we call a savior complex, right? We know that only Jesus rescues. We don't rescue, only Jesus rescues, yet he uses us to rescue because we have first been rescued, right? But if, if we're not willing to allow God to do the deep work, the deep rescue work that we all need in our lives, we're, we're never gonna be able to do the rescue work out there. If we are holding on to things that hinder the Spirit's power in us, we're gonna fumble and we're gonna fall. So it's this continual thing that we have to do. Lord, I am in a mess and I need you to rescue me. God, this stuff that I'm feeling in my heart right now is not holy and honoring to you. I need you to help me. And God, I will release it. And I will be obedient with what you ask. Because God, I know that my calling is to be hope to a hopeless world. And that's tough. Nobody likes to feel that. Nobody likes to come to the altar and weep and cry. Nobody likes to admit that we have these areas in our lives, but I'm telling you, there's another Caribbean phrase, I'm telling you, man, there is goodness on the other side of it. There is always hope and goodness on the other side of our own pain. And I will tell you that God is not a wasteful God. He doesn't waste anything and he's not gonna waste the things that hurt us. He doesn't choose the things that hurt us for us. We live in a fallen, broken world, but he's not gonna waste it. Let it go, walk through it. Say, Lord, open me up. Let me endure what I have to do so I can be really rad over here and bring hope to this dark and broken world because I am your light. I do shine for you. And Lord, it's getting dark, so I wanna shine that much brighter. People without hope, right? Now I'm saying you are the hope. People without hope are more prone to substance abuse, emotional issues, mental illness, suicide. They're prone to it. They have no hope. But guess what? We have the answer, right? What's the answer? Jesus. Jesus is the answer. I have Jesus. If you don't have Jesus, let me tell you about him. 
Let me tell you what he's done in my life. And I don't stand up here and just speak these words. I've been rescued. I've been set free. I've been saved. And I have to regularly pray to, to keep my heart clear before the Lord. Let me tell you about Jesus. He wants to save us all. He wants to rescue us all. And he wants to send us out. Right? It doesn't end there. We don't come into church or have an encounter with God, wherever that may be. And it doesn't stay there. It bubbles up in us and we go out into the, into the world. You know, I heard um, this week that the Taliban banned singing. I'll sing for you, Afghanistan. I'll be your voice. This week, we had a very broken woman who's been trafficked up at the building. Man, I'll speak for you. I'll be your voice. I'll run that interference. Because Jesus has done it for me. Jesus has done it for you. We want to impact our world. We want to make a difference in this world. We want to be the hope of this world. Then let's be the hope of the world. Let's stop living in a place of fear. Let's be willing to let God dig all the roots up so that we can be fully free and be that hope. We need to be the hope. And, and again, you know, we're not doing any of this to please man. We're doing this to please God, right? It's, what he, it's, it's, it's who he is. He is hope, therefore let's be hope too. Um, it's crazy. I, I want everybody to have a relationship with Jesus. Does everybody else agree with me? Do you want everybody to have, especially those that are really messed up and are unkind, right? Like, they really need Jesus. Um, and, and I will say that it's not, I, I would say most of the time, it's probably not our words that we speak. It's our actions. It's the things that we do. Um, I was going to tell you another missionary story, but uh, yesterday, so you guys know, uh, part of Rescue Hill, we have three churches as well. Um, we have Jesus Cristo Vive, which is a Spanish-speaking church, and then we have a Burmese church. So Sunday mornings are the Spanish, Sunday afternoons into the evening are the Burmese, and then Saturday nights we have Rescue Hill International that Steve and I co-pastor together. Um, and yesterday, Steve was up there. We're getting new doors in the building and, and stuff, so he was up there all day and... Um, one of our neighbors. So we do uh, what we call tenorship, which is Tuesday night dinner fellowship um, at our church. And he was out a couple weeks ago. We had a little cook-off to see if I could cook better or he could cook better. I won, but people felt sorry for him, so they gave him an extra half of a point to tie us. But we really know that, I mean, smoking mac and cheese wins chicken legs, right? Who is, who's for smoking mac and cheese? Let's just take a vote right here. Who's raise your hand if you're for smoking mac and cheese, right? Cream cheese, jalapeno dip. Okay, 
Raise your hand if you're for chicken legs. Snap. You got like one. Cal, throw him a vote. Just help him out. All right. So he's out there and he's, he's grilling and you can smell it. And some of the neighbor guys were walking by and Steve talks to everybody and picks up dashings under vans for people. And so he started talking and he invited them to come in and, and eat with us. Well, they didn't want to stay, so they just came in and they got a plate. And this is a man that regularly walks past our, our, through our parking lot, through our building. And Steve's always saying hi. The guy is super helpful. Well, yesterday, Steve was trying to work on his message for last night. And he was sitting in his office. And um, the guy comes in and says, hey, pastor, can I borrow some tools? I'm going to change this lady's brakes. So Steve, sure, yeah, sure, no problem. Here, here's, you know, whatever you need, da, 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 da. So you borrow some tools. Well, then they come back. Pastor, we got a problem. We need some help. The guy had broken a bunch of things. I don't know all of these car things, but. Uh, so Steve goes over and he looks at it and he's like, I think you guys need a mechanic. Let me, let me go call one. He calls our buddy and he, our friend says, no, sorry, I don't have time, I can't come. So Steve sits back down and I'm going to tell on you. I'm going to be really, really, he prays, Lord, please don't make me do a break job today. Please, Lord, I just want to work on my message. Please don't make me do a break job today. Well, here comes our friend and the woman that he was helping with his breaks. And they said, what'd your mechanic say? And Steve said, well, he, he can't come. And the, and the woman started to cry. So, a lot. So... Steve did a break job yesterday when he really just wanted to work on his word for the night. So he preaches end of service, and here comes his friend walking. And he was an hour late to church, but he came. We all talked to him. He leaves. Um, Steve leaves. Molly popped into town and surprised us. Uh, and so Steve went to dinner with the kids and all that. And um, I was back talking to one of our ladies at church, and we were standing in the parking lot, and two hours after service, here comes this Buick. And it was the woman that Steve had done the brake job for. And she pulled up, and she said, I'm here for church. And I said, it's two hours ago. Maybe we could try next week. And she proceeds to tell me how the pastor, not knowing he was my husband, how the pastor blessed her. And... She wants to pay him back. And I explained to her, you know, he, he blessed you with no strings attached. No payment needed. He just, he just wanted you to have brakes on your car. And he saw your distress. And he knew that he could do it, so therefore he did it. She was hopeless because she bought that car herself for $1,500. And she had $60 to her name. She had just moved in with her mom. She had no money to hire a mechanic or to fix any brakes, but here's a pastor that knows how to fix brakes. And she said, he, he gave me a blessing. I want to come to church. And I said, I love that you want to come to church. Why don't you come Tuesday night when we do dinner or next Saturday when we have service? but he didn't do it so that you would come to church. My husband did it because he is the hope of Jesus in a really dark, discouraging world right now. 
So I don't want to make it all about the pettits. Um, I just, as, as I was, was praying, and you guys know that my words are always super simple, and I, I just wonder today, and I, and I know I'm going to, I know that um, some churches are more physically responsive than other churches are. Um, but Steve and I are firm believers that changing our posture is good for us. So I'm going to ask you all to stand. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to do two things. I'm not going to push you too far out of your comfort zone, but I'm really good at pushing people out of their comfort zone. It's my spiritual gift. It's pushing people out of their comfort zone. If, if you feel like maybe you got some stuff in the way of being that hope that you want to be, that you have been chosen for, and you just want to come forward to the altar and, and you want to pray, there's no judgment. You, you are free to come. Um, you can come at any time, any moment. Um, sometimes I think we just need a moment between us and and Jesus, and I know in the church often we, our, our response is to go and, and pray. Um, so I'm going to say, for those that come forward and those that stay in the back, if you feel led to pray with someone, I, I want you to come, but I want you to feel led to do that. Um, and Bruno, if I can get you to come up and, and play for us. Um, and the other thing that I want to do today is I want to speak... First Thessalonians over Lantana. Because as I've prayed and as I pray for you, I feel like something is about to burst forth out of this place. I can't quite put it into words what I see and what I feel for you. But there's something coming. And you all are going to be sent out as mighty lights, not just into our community, but I feel like into the world. So if you want to come, I want you to come forward, and I want you to, I, I want you to pray. And again, there's no judgment. I just... My regular prayer is, Lord, keep my heart clean before you. I don't, I don't want anything to hinder. I don't want anything to hinder me of what you've called me to do. But I'm going to read this over you. And I want you to, to just receive. I want you just to receive what First Thessalonians says. Because I want this to be said over Lantana Community Fellowship. I want this to be said over Pastor Cal and Sarisa and their children. I want this to be said over Rescue Hill. I want this to be said over Safe Families. I want this to be said over um, Nazarene Missions, over NMI, over NYI, over everything that we are as a denomination. So we always thank God for you and continually mention you in our prayers. 
we remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all believers in Macedonia and Archaia. The Lord's message ran out from you, not only in Macedonia and Archaia. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it, for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom, raised, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from coming life. God, you are good. You are faithful. You are kind. You are more than enough for each of us. And yet, God, you continue to be that more than enough. You are our rescuer. You are our savior. You are our hope. You are our light. You are our guide. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the way that you rescue us. Thank you that you want our hearts and our lives to be pure before you so that we can be examples of you. God, thank you for what you are doing in each heart today. God, I, I think of the prayer that Pastor Cal prayed before service. Would families be reconciled today? Would prodigals come home today? Would hearts be changed today? Not for our glory ever, but for your glory, God. For you always. Oh.
Yeah. I'm a human.